You're listening to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. We do this through our regular weekend services, life groups that meet throughout the week, and by helping people connect to their God-given purpose. July is Family Month at International Family Church. This month, we're focused on giving you the tools to be successful in your families and marriages, as well as resources to help you live intentionally and with purpose as an individual. Each week, we're hosting Family Month groups, where you'll have the chance to explore each topic in depth with IFC's leaders right here at IFC. We have groups that focus on topics such as resolving conflict, building relationships with your children, parenting at every age, and even groups on preparing for marriage. Go to intlfamilychurch.com for group times and more information. And lastly, we're wrapping up Family Month on Sunday, July 28th with a panel discussion called You Asked For It, where you'll submit your questions about family and relationships, and our panel will discuss the most popular topics in our three services. Grab your smartphone and either open up the IFC app or go to intlfamilychurch.com to submit your questions today. It's a little bit different look this morning. What do you think? Looking, move over, move I know. Over. She's, she's always taken over. I mean, it's just, it's just the way it is. Oh, we're going to be obviously ministering together this morning, and it's a miracle that we didn't kill each other this past week. Um, we had to stay in separate rooms, separate bathrooms, leave me alone, stay in your space. It never fails anytime we need to we minister together. There's always something trying to happen, and it's usually her fault. Yeah. They're with me. They're with me today. I know. Well, because you're never up here. All right. (laughs) I'm outnumbered. Don't mess with me because they'll get you. Anyways, my name is Jonathan Del Turco. I'm the lead pastor of International Family Church. This is my awesome wife. What is your name? My name is Verna. Verna Del Turco. Verna Olivia. And we've been married 43 years. Most of those have been happy years. We'll talk about some other of those years here in a moment, but we are so glad. Welcome to IFC today. It means a lot to us that you would take time out of your busy schedule to be with us on a Sunday morning, and whether you're here in the sanctuary or joining us live online, we count it an honor and a privilege uh, to be able to minister to you today. This is Family Month, as you've known and if you've heard, and, and so we take Family Month very seriously here at IFC. The church was born 37 years, 38 years ago on the premise that we would minister to families. Every age group would have quality ministry. Every age group from from zero to 100 or more, uh, their needs would be met, that we would provide leadership and, and the right environment so that each of us in whatever season of life we find ourselves in would blossom and grow. I don't know about you, but I would go to a church like that. Yeah, me right? too. In fact, we do go to a church like that. Yeah. Um, we lead a church. We like lead that. a church like that. That's right. And, uh, and it's, a, it's a great joy. So thank you for being with us today. And uh, we're looking forward to ministering together. So why don't we pray and let's believe God together. Be in partnership with us, please, that the things we say today will touch your heart, will give you uh, everything you need to be successful in your life, your family, and your marriage. Will you be in agreement with us? Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this privilege to minister your word today. We're very excited. We believe our hearts are full. We are ready. And we believe, Father God, that what you put on the inside of us is going to be a tremendous blessing. We thank you that these seeds that we sow will fall on good ground today and will produce great fruit in their lives today. 
We thank you for freedom. We thank you for liberty. We thank you for new beginnings. We thank you, Father God, that you are a good, good Father that knows how to take care of every one of our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I'm happy to have this opportunity to share with you today. Um, He's always bothering me about getting up here. I like to really be behind the scenes. Um, but um, Finally. But yeah, you're here with me, so yeah. it's good. Uh, I want to say special thank you to Pastor Josh, who uh, launched Family Month last week. Good job. This preaching, we were away, but we got to watch the service online. Thank you, Pastor Josh, for starting Family Month the way that you did. That was a great word about us as a family, as a family. Well, I want to start with Ecclesiastes 5.3, which is a scripture I came across decades ago that has helped me in every phase of my life. And it says, for a dream comes, but with much business and painful effort. A dream comes, but with much business and painful effort. Most people have a dream in their heart for the way they want family life to be, for the way they want marriage to be. They have a dream in their heart, but what they don't always realize is that dream takes much business and painful effort to make it happen. Nobody gets married with the intention to fail. Amen. Nobody gets married intending I'm going to live the rest of my life with this person and be miserable. Nobody gets married thinking I'm going to get married, but uh, I intend to get divorced. Nobody thinks about that. But there is a dream that we have in our hearts for a healthy whole family. But it takes much business and it takes painful effort to make a dream come true. And most people underestimate what it's going to take to sustain a healthy relationship throughout time. Anybody can start anything. It doesn't take much to start anything, but it takes much business and painful effort to continue on a road that is healthy for you and for your family. To finish well. And to finish well, yes. And most people, and we see this all the time, couples, you know, uh, preparing to get married and planning their wedding spend an awful lot of money and an awful lot of time and an awful lot of their resources for one day without preparing for the rest of their relationship together. That's right. And that's one of the biggest mistakes that we see. Everybody's in love and everybody wants to get married, but nobody wants to do the much business and painful effort to get the start and resources to prepare us on a healthy pathway. So uh, the dream comes, but not without much business and painful effort. Another scripture I want to share with you before we get started is Ecclesiastes 3.1. And it says, for everything that happens in life, there is a season. For everything that happens in life, there is a season. In marriage, we go, and that's what we're going to focus on today is marriage. Everybody stay still because what we're going to give you, you can apply to any relationship, not just marriage. But um, in marriage, we have many, many seasons. And I, I want you to remember today as we teach this out that we go through Everybody goes through all of these seasons. We don't live in just one season. We go through all of these seasons of life, but knowing that one season is going to come to an end right. and we can enter another season. So we want to talk to you today about the four seasons of marriage. And the reason why we want to go through these four seasons is we want to help you locate, first of all, what season are you in? Mm-hmm. 
Um, is it a healthy season? Are you stuck in a certain season? Um, are you overwhelmed by a certain season? And how do we get going to the ultimate season that we'll share with you that we believe is the most fruitful and most exciting season? So let's talk about this today. The first season is the honeymoon season. Everybody say honeymoon season. Oh yeah, nearly every couple has either has passed through the honeymoon season. And in the honeymoon season, during this season, both partners look at each other and think, man, you are awesome. You are the best. You're so perfect. I can't believe I, I'm married to you, right? Ever been in that season? Okay, yes, I'm sure some of you have. Um, and, and we have this attitude about each other that there's just perfection. We married perfection. In fact, the Song of Solomon 4-7, Solomon himself said this about his own relationship. And here's what he said in Song of Solomon, Solomon 4-7. Uh, he said, you are altogether beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you. Ever felt that way about your spouse? Amen. A long time we ago. We once did. <laughs> and, and we know that's so true. We understand we that. To, we need to remember that next time we're getting ready for an argument. What's that? Just to say, honey, there is no flaw in you. Yeah. No, you should say it to me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> practice. Just practice in front of everybody. Everybody? <laughs> See, so Keith, he she gets on a roll here and, 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 and so forth. Listen. I mess him up and get him off his notes. It's well. awesome. There are plenty of people who have been in this situation yeah. on this season mm -hmm. and have like lost their mind. <laughs> um, because you know why? People often think, man, this man, how could I have married anybody better? And look at her. She's the, she's the fully the object of my attention and, and every virtue possible we admire, right? And this is the season where all we want to do is hold hands, right? Look in each other's we eyes. We still hold hands. We always hold oh, we hands. Always hold hands. Yeah. Even when but you don't tell me there is no flaw in me. No, no. Well, well you, don't, you, don't want, you don't want me to lie in church, do you? Oh, they're going to get you. Well, They're going to get you. You asked for it. You set me up for that. Honey, there, I will walk in love. There is oh, no flaw please. in oh, you. Oh, please. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. You know she's pulling your leg, right? So they, all they want to do is hold hands, look in each other's eyes. Make love day and night. That sounds good. Yes. Yeah. And so <laughs> in this season, that's absolutely what is going on in the honeymoon season. Yeah. We call the honeymoon season the summer season of life, the summer season. And you know, in summer, everything is warm and fuzzy. The sky's blue. The days are sunny. The birds are singing. Everything looks beautiful. Everything is wonderful. And that's the summer season. And you know, most of, and you'll identify with this, most of Hollywood lives in the summer season. Good point. And you can see it by they're madly in love with somebody, and three months later, they're divorced and over and marriage and divorce and marriage and divorce. Summer, Why? Summer, summer, because summer. they think they're meant to live in the summer season. But the summer is just a season. And I want you to know today, just be assured that all of us, us too, everybody goes through every one of these seasons over and over again. So it's okay. 
if you find yourself changing seasons and not living in the summer season. The summer season also uh, makes you feel like, like you said, that there's nothing wrong with right. each other, right. which is unrealistic. Right. I mean, we thought that when we were in Bible college and we were dating, yep. I thought I just hit the jackpot because this guy would listen to me forever <laughs> because I was so intelligent in my speaking that he would just listen to me over and over and over again. And then you get married, and after a while, there's a grunt or a groan hey, or... Don't, don't get oh, ahead of yourself. Uh, oh, are you still there? You don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> well, it's true. Okay. So, listen. In this season, it lasts as long as you have a different understanding about reality. When reality sets in, the season begins to change. Here is the challenge when we go from one season now to the second and third season, because now reality has set in. We have a different view now. We've lived together now. We've smelled each other's breath, right? We've seen each other in a, in a very different light. Now that we're living together and all the stuff that goes along with that happens, and so now we find ourselves in what we're going to combine the second and third season, and the second and third season is called the party's over season. The party is over season. See, this is when real reality sets in, and now all we can see are imperfections. All we can see is the humanity. All we can see is the part that we, you know, was still there, but our love was blind and our love didn't see it or someone tried to warn us or a pastor tried to counsel us or a family member tried to say this and that, to be aware and to be alert and to be understanding. And many couples now start feeling traumatized in this season. And there is even a little bit of buyer's remorse. So she begins to question, what happened to the man I married? And he begins to question, what happens to that woman, that young thing that I couldn't get enough of a few months ago? And we find ourselves in that place. And here's what one marriage counselor put it this way. He said, for most of us, our wedding day was one of the highlights of our lives. But the honeymoon is soon over, and our courtship dreams of romance and candlelight too often dissolve into the reality of dirty dishes and diapers. Wow. If you've been married any length of time, you've been through this season. Solomon, who we just quoted about how he couldn't get enough and, and his wife was just without imperfection, now says this about the season he's in in Proverbs 27. He says this, A quarrelsome wife is as annoying as a constant dripping on a rainy day. Who are you looking at? Who are you know. looking at? So look, are you looking over here in this section? Stopping her complaints is like trying to stop the wind or trying to hold something with greased hands. Now, I get it. This is a harsh statement. And I get it. It's one that we could probably all relate to at some point in time in our relationships. But what this is, is the true um, focus and the true reality of how this man, this husband now feels in the season, that's the party's over. So now the, the lazy, crazy, hazy days of summer have come to an end, and this is the season where the chill sets in. This is the fall-winter season. Very little talking, but a lot of grunting. 
This is when the thick flannel pajamas come out. This is when the cell phone never gets put down. We don't look at each other when we talk. When our houses are silent, we pass each other like strangers in the night. Nobody's talking, but it's really loud, all that silence. Both of you are hanging off your side of the bed. He's over here. You're over here. No, Never shall the two meet. No bumps No touch. bumps touching on yeah. this. No, nope. no. You're there. Yeah. She's there. Yeah. The chill is Don't in, and the thrill is out in this season. We fall into winter yeah. and become frozen. And one of the reasons we do is because we get lazy in our relationship. We stop doing the little things yeah. that used to be the big things. And now the little things are hard tasks. We don't want to send the card or buy the flowers or write the notes or minister to each other's love language and give the words that each other needs. We become lazy. And one of the things my husband taught us several years ago in a series that he did, he made this statement I never forgot, and he said, casual people become casualties. Casual people become casualties. We fall into the winter season, and things look dead, and things feel dead. Right. But I want you to listen what I'm going to say right now. I want you to write it down. And if you don't hear anything else, I want you to remember this. And we have seen this for our last 38 years pastoring this church. Yeah. That most marriages don't fail because of infidelity. Most marriages fail because of fatigue. Did you hear me? Most marriages don't fail because of infidelity. Most marriages fail because of fatigue, because we just don't feel like making the effort anymore in this season. So one or two things happen here in this season when we feel stuck. Depending how long you've been stuck in this, the party's over season. Depending on how, how deeply entrenched we find ourselves in this, the party's over season. The couple usually feel like there's only one of two choices that they have available to them. It's either resignation, I give up, right? I'm stuck now. We got kids, you know, we, we, got, we, we, we made uh, promises to each other, but man, this is not going to be fun. And we kind of res resignate ourselves. We have a resignation to say, man, I don't know about this. And so either we resign ourselves and we just kind of go through the, emotion, the motions of it, or number two, we actually call it quits and we bail out. And so oftentimes, because we only feel like those are our only two choices, um, many people, you know, resign themselves for a certain season, and in their mind, or they've actually said it, they're kind of planning an exit strategy. Once the kids get a certain age, once we get a certain financial base, once I have my own savings account, once I have my own exit strategy, you know, I'll plan this, and we spend years either in resignation or years in planning some kind of exit strategy in our relationships. We're here today to tell you there's a third choice. We're here to tell you that you don't have to resign yourself to live in, in an ugly season for the rest of your life and not enjoy the love God intended for you, and you don't have to plan your exit strategy. Thank God there is a third choice. Yes. 
Now listen very carefully. There's a verse of Scripture that is in the Old Testament in the book of Deuteronomy that I want to share in just a moment, but some context for you. Um, the children of Israel have been in slavery, oppressive slavery, for 400 years in Egypt. They've cried out to God for a deliverer. God sends Moses. Moses comes and, and deals with Pharaoh, uh, the most powerful man in the world, uh, over the world and here and here in Egypt, and says, let my people go. After a series of supernatural events, the people, the children of Israel, are set free. And he lets them go. And they begin their journey towards the promised land that God provided for them and promised that would be theirs. This is not the verse I'm going to read, but this is the verse that sets us up in Deuteronomy 1-2. It says, it is only 11-day journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea on Canaan's border, that's the promised land, yet Israel took 40 years to get beyond it. We often look in astonishment at the children of Israel and say, how could they let that happen? How could they, an 11-day journey take 40 years? And we make fun of them thinking, they did what? How would they let that happen? And yet when we get stuck in the party's over season, that's exactly where we find ourselves. Yeah. Wandering. That's good. Wandering for 40 years. Wandering longer than we need to. It was an 11-day journey. Yet we suffer in this season much longer than we need to. Much longer because of murmuring and complaining and not having the vision of what God can do. And so we, 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 we should be farther along and we're not. We should be freer, and we're not. We should be out of the season and on to some healthy seasons, and we're not. And we find ourselves in a very overwhelming place, not making the progress that we so desire. Amen. God called the children of Israel out of Egypt, amen, to go to a land that he promised. It was a land of perpetual inheritance. It was a land of unlimited potential. It was a land where they would now use their faith and plant their seed and see a harvest come. It was very different than the world in this season. It was very different. It was a land of unlimited potential where anything could happen, any dream could come to pass if they would put their mind to it, put their faith to it, plant their seed for it, and watch what God would do. Amen. To me, this is one of the saddest things that can happen to a marriage. Get stuck in this season. It happened to us. We were stuck for four years in the party's over season. What made it very difficult is we were also in full-time ministry, trying to be ministers, being a reverend, being a pastor's wife. What did we know about that in our mid-20s? What did we know uh, in our young 20s? What did we know about all that? And here we are in full-time ministry fighting and arguing, and wandering, and being very nasty, and very, very hurtful to each other. We're two fiery Italians, and we all want to have the last word, and, and nobody wants to give up, and, and man, we would go to bed angry at ourselves, or sometimes stay up till three, four in the morning, not wanting to go to sleep on our anger, because we were too stubborn to say we were sorry. We were in a place where we were so dysfunctional. If the D word, the divorce word, was in our family at the time, we would have considered it. Right. But the fact that the divorce word was not in our lineage at that time yet, there was no divorce in our family at the time. It wasn't something we considered. But if it was, we definitely would have considered it because we were in that much pain and in that much dysfunction, and we were a hurting couple. 
But thank God God had a loving plan for us. Thank God resignation wasn't that plan. And thank giving up wasn't that plan. Thank God we didn't quit. And thank God we didn't settle for that. Amen. And here's the verse of Scripture that rose up inside of us in Matthew 1, 6 through 7. Deuteronomy, thank you. Deuteronomy 1, 6 through 7. says, you have stayed at this mountain long enough. It's time to break camp and move on. It's time to break camp and move on. As we get to this third, this fourth and final season, you need to understand something. Many of you, it's time for you to break camp. It was only four years for us. It felt like 40 years for us. But we had to come to a place where God showed us how to break camp and quit wandering around the same mountain. And we think, haven't we been here before? Why does this look so familiar? Why does these feelings and this anger and resentment towards each other feel so similar? But the good news is that no couple needs to choose between living in misery or ending their marriage. That's good news. Amen. A third choice exists. And a couple who makes this third choice, amen, not just staying together for the sake of, of whoever or, or, you know, for the sake of the kids or whatever the case may be, and will do whatever it takes yep. to say, we're going to make this work. We're not giving into this spirit. We're not going to give into this divorce spirit. We're not going to give into this separation attitude. We're not going to get, we're not giving into this. We're going to fight our way through. And the third choice is actually the fourth season. And couples who resolve to say, I'm not staying here in this party over season, move on to the most exciting and most rewarding season of all. And the fourth season is the best is yet to come. And that's, Amen. and that's what we're calling the spring season, because in spring, everything comes to life. What was dead starts blooming again. What was dark and ugly becomes pretty again. Things are blooming. Life is happening. Things are lush and green and fragrant and colorful, and we see life everywhere. I mean, how many of you are happy we're in this season now after a long winter? Right. You wonder with all the, the, the winter and the brown and everything looks so dreary, are we ever going to see green again? Is it ever going to be warm again? So this spring season is so important, but the thing about the spring I want you to remember is that it doesn't happen overnight. Right. Spring is a process. Things bud before they bloom. It's a process. You remember when you fell in love in that first place, huh? Right. And things were, like we said before, they were beautiful. They were blossoming. They were growing. So the spring season is a reminder of life. Spring season is a reminder that something looks so dead in the fall and the winter. Even the fall, as beautiful as it is, especially here in New England with the color of the trees, it's just gorgeous. But you got to remember that even in that fall season, death is happening. Those trees are ready to die. Those leaves are ready to come. And it's going to be bare and right. not so pretty looking. So the, se- the season of spring is just vibrant and full of life. And, and what's great about this season, if you'll endure and if you'll have a vision for beyond the party's over season. Mm-hmm. You know, when you first get married, the, the phrase love is blind. 
we've all heard that, where we don't see certain things because it's now so we're so romantic and we're so full of the concept of romance and marriage and living together and so on and so forth. But what's great about this season, now that you've gone through the party's over season, is no longer love is blind. Now love is in full focus because we know everything about each other. We know each other's humanity. Mature love knows all of our imperfections, knows all of the things that are different and, and things that we don't like, like... Like when you lick your fingers when yes. you eat. Yes. So it drives my wife crazy, especially for kind of like chicken or ribs or something, and I start licking my fingers. He doesn't seem to mind that it drives me oh, up a wall. I love it because it's more taste for me. Well, it's and me. So... so I've learned not to do it around her. I, no, you I haven't. haven't kicked the habit Don't tell yet. them you've learned that. Huh? You have not. I do. I, no, yes, I do. your kids are here. They'll tell you. Your kids are here. They'll tell everybody. <laughs> he, when one. he your starts slurping here. its fingers, I'm like, Jesus, take the wheel. Get me out of here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have no words. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come, honey. <laughs> So we just, we just spend the last few minutes. So how do we get to the spring season? Okay, let's talk about this. We talked about this together on what we could share with you in these last minutes and how to get to the spring season. Number one, forgive the pain of the past and forget the pain of the past. Forgive the pain of the past and forget the pain of the past. We cannot move forward chained to yesterday. Yeah. And so many of you are chained to yesterday's hurt, rejection, abandonment, all the pain of yesterday. You keep bringing it into your today, and you have plans to bring it into your tomorrow. But it's time to drop it and let it go and move on and stay future-focused, have a vision for where you want to go according to the Word of God, and let all that stuff go. And, you know, we've had our share of, of pain and hurt and rejection sure in our relationship and even in a pastoring uh, a setting. People can be really cruel. And, uh, but, but when we say we're going to forget the pain, it doesn't mean that that memory is erased from you forever. What it does mean is that the Holy Spirit has done such a work in you that you can think about the pain right. of the past, but the sting is gone. Right. Exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? The sting is gone. You, you think about it, you say, yeah, that happened, but that was like another person in another life. Right, exactly. There's no sting. There's no pain because you allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. So if you're stuck in that area, I want to encourage you, get some counseling. Yeah, get, help. get some help. Get in a life group. Yep. Listen, get around healthy couples. If you're having challenges in your marriage, don't spend all your time with other couples that don't get along and are having their own challenges. Now, you can encourage them, but if you don't spend time out of that right. and in relationships with people that are healthy, you will never move beyond that. Right. And yes. let me just go a step further and say, if in your relationship, if you are slamming cabinet doors and yelling and swearing at each other and running out of the house and jumping in the car and peeling out of the driveway, everybody look at me. That is not healthy. 
It's not normal. It's not normal. And it's not God's plan for you. And if you're in a dating, if you're in a dating situation and you are doing that, then stop it. Yeah. Get out of that. That is the worst thing you can do is to make yourself think that that's okay. You know why? Because if you're dating and you're doing that, you have no pressure. You have no pressure in a dating relationship. You're not married. You don't have a mortgage. You don't have kids. You're not working two jobs. You're supposed to be in the summer season. And if you're fighting and slamming cabinet doors and swearing at each other, you don't have a relationship. That's not a relationship. And so I feel this strong right now. Get out of it now because you are headed for trouble. That's right. You are headed for trouble. So good. And that's not God's plan for so your good. life. You know, we, 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 in helping people in this first part of this, we realize oftentimes you can't do this alone. You need someone else. You need a counselor. You need a, a pastoral person. You need a friend, someone who's healthy, somewhere where you can get counseling to help you recognize how to go through, how to, how to navigate this first part of what we're talking about mm -hmm. today. That's why life groups are so important. Yeah. That's why having healthy couples are so important. Amen. An innocent or a, a person who's not invested emotionally in that relationship that can listen to you and really make wise counsel for you. Don't do this alone. Get the help that you need. And trust me, we've heard it all. Yes, we have. We've seen it all. Amen. There's nothing any one of you can say to us or any one of our pastoral staff or any counselor who's worth their salt that's going to be shocked to say, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that people like that exist. We know. We get it. We understand. This is the real world, and we all go through it. But don't stay stuck in that place. Make sure you get the help you need. And, and you know, we're so aware of the fact that many of you, look, I grew up in basically a leave it to beaver home. Those of you that are older will understand what I mean when I say a leave it to beaver home. Both parents home, love each other, church, summers in Cape Cod, dinner every night as a family. I grew up in that. And it wasn't until we started pastoring that it dawned on me that not everybody was raised in a house like I was. I couldn't believe the things that I was seeing right. and, uh, uh, and the stories that people would tell me. And I know many of you in here have that story. You didn't grow up like I did. So you don't have that vision to carry on in your family. But you get that from God's word because his word is his perfect plan for you and your family. Amen. And if your mind does not get renewed to what God says about marriage and right. what God says about family, right. you will surely repeat all the behavior that you saw growing up. Right. You will become your it's parents. It's all you know. You'll become your parents. It's all you know. And you will become your parents and repeat the same behavior. And your children will become you and live in pain because of that behavior. And so this is why we do this. This is why we have family month. This is why there are classes all month long. This is why there are marriage life groups and parenting life groups. To help you renew your mind so you can have the relationships. Does anybody in here want to have the God kind of marriage? in the God kind of relationships yeah. and have a little bit of heaven here on earth yeah. in your home. Yes, you do. Yeah. But it's going to come with much business and painful effort. Okay, number two. Let's get moving. I'm preaching here. Yeah. Now. Okay. 
It's good. Number two, stop trying to change each other. Let God change you. This is a good one. Stop trying to change each other. This is Let important. God change you. Yeah. In our marriage, in those beginning years, as Jonathan was saying, we, we just had, we just, it, it was, he wasn't my father. And you weren't my mother. Yeah, and I wasn't your mother. I didn't want to be your mother, but you I wanted you to, to be. be my father. My father could do anything and fix anything. And I can't. You can't. And I, I'm glad you said it, honey, because I find no flaw in you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Said that was so can't. sincere. <laughs> Uh, but I remember being so frustrated, and in our little apartment in New York, I was beating that brown shag rug. This was in the 70s. Shag rugs were the big thing. With the vacuum cleaner, because that's what I do when I'm upset. I clean more than is healthy. And, um, and as I was doing that, I was complaining to God about him, and God so, so loudly said on the inside of me, when are you going to stop trying to change him? And let me change you. And so that was the beginning of a turnaround. And that's right after that, he said to me, Verna, who you are at home is who you really are. Yeah. And so in order for there to be growth, there has to be change. But that's up to you. So stop pointing at each other and take responsibility right. for your own spiritual growth and maturity. Because when things change this way, they will change this way. So for four years, we were very, very good at doing this. You, 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 you. We were outstanding. We were pros at doing this. Man, we, we absolutely made a living at doing this. When this statement came, and during that time, when the Lord began to deal with us, it was very difficult and foreign to do this. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. When I quit doing this to my wife, and I did this to me. And I began to say, Lord, what is it about me that's driving this perfectly amazing woman crazy? It was more than that. That was minor. Yes, Sucking right. my fingers back in the day was minor. It's kind of major for me right now, though, after 43 years. Right, this because we dealt with all the major yeah. stuff. <laughs> oh, my wife. Let's go have a, ribs after is church. A gem. Yeah, I'll, I'm myself, I'm having ribs. Um, so, so when this happened, it changed everything. It really did. And it made me realize, what is it about me? And she started thinking, what is it about me? And that was the turnaround. Trust me when I say this. When this happened in our marriage, the majority of our issues went away. Yes, they did. We still had issues to deal with. There's no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. We still had work to do. But what we thought was impossible began to change almost overnight. Attitudes changed when we really pointed the finger back at ourselves. Yeah, and the last thing I want to share with you, which I, I share with you almost in every message that I've ever preached to you over 38 years, and that's this. Point number three, immerse yourself in God's Word. It's the only way. Immerse yourself in God's Word. Do you want the God kind of marriage? Come on. And the God kind of family? Then it comes from the Word of God, because that's your pattern for life. You have to do it God's way. We have, we continue to have to do it God's way. Absolutely. The, the, the voice of the world is so loud and so strong, 
and so contrary to the word of God that if you're feeding on that all the time, you're, it's going to be a magnet. You're going to be drawn to that. And you're going to try to figure out how to solve your marriage problems with worldly advice. If you want God's way in your marriage, his word is his way. Amen. His Amen. word is his way. Right. And on Sundays like this and classes that are going to happen all this month and in life groups, we're trying to show you God's word so you'll understand his way. But we can prepare the meal for you, right. but we can't eat it for you. You have to come and eat and partake. And, and, and you have to have the desire that you want such a healthy relationship here on earth that you will do whatever it takes to get into a place Amen. to hear the word that will change your life. Amen. And then most important of all in immersing yourself in God's word, it'll help you realize that it's no longer important for you to have to be right in everything that you do. But it's more important to be righteous Amen. than right. Amen. Amen. Well said. When you walk away from God's word, you lose a vision for who you are. And in James 1, 23 and 24, it says, if some fail to do what God requires, it's as if they forget the word as soon as they hear it. One minute, they look in the mirror, and the next, they forget who they are and what they look like. You see, the Word of God is our mirror. When we open the pages of God's Word, we see the reality of His love for us. We see the reality of His plan. We see the reality of the way He's prepared Amen. for us to live and walk. But when you don't spend, and I don't spend time in the Word, when we walk away from it, the Scripture says we forget what we look like. Yeah, yeah. And then we start acting like the world again because forget, we forget who we are and what we look like. Amen. Did you learn something this morning? Yes. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Why don't you close your eyes for a moment as we close this service. It's been our honor to minister to you today. It's a joy for us to bless you with our own testimony, our own story. There's so many more parts to that that I'm sure you'll hear over time. But as you are in God's presence today, what season do you find yourself in? Why don't you close your eyes and just get quiet for a moment as we close this service. Where do you find yourself? Whether you're married, whether you're single, we all go through these seasons. We all find ourselves tempted to be stuck or actually stuck in, in a place that's not healthy for us. And God wants you to know today that there's a better place for you. Not to quit. Not to let go. Not to stop. But to believe. And to believe God. And we come alongside of you today to cheer you on and to help you understand that you can have a brand new, full of God's unlimited potential relationship if you'll put your trust in Him. And you know who you are today if you find yourself in that marriage, in that relationship, in that season. And we want to come alongside and agree with you in prayer. We want to believe with you for God's plan and purpose to rise inside of you. And this could be the Sunday where you draw the line in the sand and you say, it's, we're going to make this work, honey. We're going, to, we're going to do this God's way. and We're going to trust God to, to give us everything we need for his honor 
and for his glory. Vern is going to pray over you today, and I believe with all my heart that put your faith and trust in this prayer. Let's believe God together. I just want to say two things before we pray, and that's this. This just came up in my heart. If we, if we win every place else and we lose at home, we've lost big time. And a lot of you, you know, everybody at the office thinks you're awesome. Everybody on the job thinks you're just king or queen. Everybody gives you accolades and whatever. But when you go home and everybody goes to the room and close the door because you're home, something's really wrong. You've lost. You might have won at the job, but you're losing at home. God's giving you the opportunity today just to, to turn that around Amen. and make the adjustment in your thinking and in your action that you need to make. And the second thing I want to say is, I know in a crowd this size with hundreds of people here that there are many of you that have already been through a divorce. Yeah. God loves you. There is no condemnation today. That's behind you. That's right. in the past. But he's giving you a wonderful opportunity now to renew your mind. Yes. So that when he brings a right person into your life, you don't have to repeat those behaviors again because your mind is renewed. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, Thank you, Father. I bring this precious people before you today, Father. Thank you, my Jesus. Our hearts are open. Our ears have been open to what you have to say to us. And Father, I just bless each one of them today. I pray that they would not be forgetful hearers of your word, but they would be doers of your word so that they don't forget who they are and what you have provided for them and the instructions that you have given them to live this life you have prepared. I come against all kinds of, of discord and strife yes. and envy and yes. every evil oh, work yes. that's trying to take place in these homes yep. in yep. Jesus name you, I bind the spirit of divorce and dissension yes. in the name of Jesus name and of I Jesus. declare husbands love your wives like yes. Christ loved the church yes. and gave himself for it and wives yes. honor and respect you, your husbands as God has given you the grace and power to do so children obey your parents so all that will be well with you fathers do not prom provoke your children, but instruct them in the ways of the Lord. And Father, I declare a body of believers, a congregation yes. who's walking in your word yes. in the highest and best. Thank and you, I declare we have we some of heaven yes. on the earth Thank in you, our Father. homes this day and that we will raise a godly generation to be even stronger and more focused you, in your word and in your ways. We give you praise today, Father, and I thank you for the transforming power of your word in the lives of these people today in Jesus name, Jesus name. amen and amen. amen thank you God bless you thanks for listening to stay connected find out our service times or how you can get involved please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.